You are listening to episode 133 of the premier anime podcast on the internet. That's now, a far, March... uh, better introduction. You should do this more often. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's right, everybody. I've, uh, it, it is your host, G, who has, uh, who has usurped the podcast once again. You're the captain Make you now. all <laughs> listen to my 30-minute diatribes about whatever high-profile manga is getting adapted into an anime this season. Because Jell never allows you to do those when. Oh no, those. no, no! Only, <laughs> only when I run the show. <laughs> but yeah, as as you as you might uh as you might uh pick up on uh, listening to that, yes, uh, it's time. It's here. You know, March Madness is heating up, but we're we're here to talk about the most important discussion uh, in spring, and that is uh, spring twenty twenty three anime. So it's, it's here. What uh, we are, exactly, we are, what exactly is March Madness? Oh, it's it's like the NCAA like basketball. It's like it's it's like the big college basketball like tournament. Right. You know? It's 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 uh it's the tournament okay. arc of college basketball. Right. I always forget college sports are somehow a thing in the US. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a lot of money uh, involved and a lot of careers raging on it. Indeed, but uh, but just like them, we are we are also here to talk about a very, well, is it a competitive season? I guess we're uh, we're gonna talk about it. I think I think we have a couple uh, seven hundred pound gorillas in the room that uh, that we're definitely gonna have to get to here. But we're at least going to have to decide which one is the best gay Gundam show of the season. So <laughs> wow. <laughs> but before we get into that, I think it's time to introduce everybody. As I already said, I'm your host G for this week. Uh, with me is uh, Iro. I'm still here. I haven't been usurped. I'm not dead yet. I'm the traitor's vizier. <laughs> and I need I you because sold you, him out for a high position. You know your 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 uh, your your morals are gray. I'm but... out here prostituting my loyalty. Exactly. You you get the job done. As we all know, Iro gets results. That's that's his campaign slogan. He would burn uh, down the podcast just to rule the ashes. Yes, uh, that voice you just heard there is Aqua. Hey, uh, I think we all need to take a moment to appreciate uh, or shout out the real OG, uh, Ash Ketchum, being able to retire at the ripe age of 10, uh, oh. living the life. All right, He's hey. living the dream. I can't believe that they threw him off that cliff at the end. <laughs> it was really dramatic. I can't believe he uh, fell but- into a trap hole <laughs> but but before we hold our moment of silence for ash ketchum we have one more person to introduce and that would be zig yes you should hold a si- moment of silence for me first uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, quiet she yes. you're disturbing the silence i'm here look man dead air is the podcast killer we can't we can't allow it to happen uh, That's what the editing room is for. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, but but yes, in all seriousness, uh, we are here to talk about uh, Spring Anime 2023. Mm. Uh, I think for multiple reasons, this is a pretty hotly anticipated season. You know, maybe if not necessarily for entirely 
you know, the new faces and shows. Though, again, if you are, mm-hmm. you know, if you are a regular consumer of Shonen Jump trash, I'm sure you have a lot to be excited yes. about. There's yeah. plenty wow, of things. Yeah, there's plenty of things uh, that will be airing in spring that we will not speak about today that are hotly yes. anticipated by everyone else. Yes, I was going to say that deep... wasn't a, wasn't a judgmental judgmental introduction at all. There, look, our deepest apologies to Mashla, Jigoraku, Doctor Stone, and Demon Slayer. But look, we we don't really have anything to say. But what we do yeah. have something to say about is the most influential, the most okay. It is actually not the most long running, but <laughs> the arguably most watched anime in the world. Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. It's over. It's that's it. No more Pokemon. There's no more. It's Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon is cancelled. Yeah. For the, yes, for those out of the loop, uh Ash Ketchum, the protagonist of the series since what, nineteen ninety six? Uh he has been, returned to his home planet. Uh-huh. He's been retired. The final the alleged final episode with Ash and Pikachu as the protagonist aired uh this just this past week. And in a couple weeks, they'll starting a brand new series. No, with- uh, no, all Pokemon is finished forever. All games are cancelled. All cards are shredded. Pokemon is done. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so, no, as roll, someone into, who- roll into Yokai Watch now. Uh- Yokai Watch is still a thing, right? <laughs> Barely. I. It is, it is truly wild how quickly Yokai Watch kind of came and went, right? I, I mean, the I thing mean, is that it was that it like briefly displaced Pokemon, and then Pokemon just came back swinging and ate its yes. lunch money. Like, <laughs> I, I also don't really think that we are in a position to say how cooked uh, Yokai Watch is, since it always seemed to be a very Japan centric. Yeah, thing me, right. So. Fair enough. But, but yeah, as as someone who has not been keeping up with Pokemon at all, like. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need you guys to give me like the full rundown on the finale of Pokemon, but at least for the sake of like you know our season okay. preview, what does this mean? Well, no, no. If, if you want to get into it, by all means, please yeah, do. Yeah. Okay. But Have you ever seen of- an episode of Pokemon? Yes. <laughs> the finale was just like that. <laughs> <laughs> jokes like jokes aside, the, yep. the 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 so-called Ash Victory Lap, the like sequence of episodes after yeah. the the main line Pokemon Journeys anime where he won the world tournament became the the best trainer of all like the 11 to 12 episodes after that were very inconsequential like normal mm-hmm. episodes of Pokemon yeah they just kind of fired up the Pokemon episode right from uh, yeah, so it's straight just, up just like Ashrock yeah. and Misty are walking around, and oh no, this one Pokemon is here, and it's in trouble. We need to help this Pokemon with its episode of the week problem, and also Team Rocket will show up and cause some shenanigans. That's, that's really interesting, I guess, because... <laughs> Honestly, I, guess I felt in- it was pretty... This is the way I would have wanted the show to end, really. Okay, sure. Like, I, I, I think, because, you know, like, we joke, but Pokemon has never had a, a running over plot to any major extent. You know, of course, there have been arcs and stuff like that, but you can't really end the Pokemon plot because it didn't really have one to begin with. So, you know, kind of going out on some like fun, goofy, fillery episodes, I was kind of okay with it, you know. I, um, I, I guess that's why I say it's, it, I think it's interesting, right? Because in my mind, it's like you have a show that runs that long, it's like. There really wasn't any, like, writer on that show who's like, I'm going to do the run back on that storyline. 
or like <laughs> your 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 long term callback is in the last episode. Team Rocket attacks him outside Palatown, and all of his Pokemon are Professor Oak's place. Pikachu gets kidnapped. He has no Pokeballs on him. Uh-huh. Who will save us? Pidgeot returns. Shit. <laughs> like 1,200 episodes yeah, later. Like That's that. all right. <laughs> and he's like, oh man, it's Pidgeot. And Team Rocket's like, his Pidgeotto evolved? When was that? <laughs> uh, and... And that, that there's your that, your that's your, it. your climax. That Ho-Oh, does, Ho-Oh doesn't even show up. <laughs> does yeah. does Charizard finally listen to Ash? <laughs> no, Charizard had like a fight with Squirtle. Oh, uh, well. The Squirtle squad showed up as Super Sentai, which was pretty sure. good. But, okay, okay. but yeah, it's all like with like even having like Brock and Misty back is not such a big deal because they've been back several times in recent years. Right. So it, it was kind of just more like, hey, it's you guys again. You know, I mean, if you're gagging for Tracy Sketchit appearances, he appears in the <laughs> final episode. Um, yeah. That's just Gary Oak. Yeah, Gary Oak's there. Well, of uh, course, Gary's got to show yeah, up. Yeah. Right? Side I mean, note: like... uh, one of the problems with Japanese Gary is that he's so obviously voiced by a lady; it sounds super incongruous. Like, uh, the old, like he, the he old sounds like a six-year-old, right? Except, like <laughs> Ash has been. I mean, I guess Rika Matsumoto has never not done that voice for twenty years, right. so she mm. can sell it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, actually, it's, I'm real curious: mm. did Ash ever have his like climactic duel against Gary? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. yeah. That oh yeah. That happened a million years ago. <laughs> yeah, that happened like okay, eight hundred okay. episodes. That was at the <laughs> end of Johto, I think. Look, yes, man, yeah, I've been yeah. out for a long time. All right, I just, <laughs> I, look, I just didn't know. Did they ever settle yeah. that beef? Like, so, yeah. Gary, it's all about Paul now. They, they did. <laughs> oh, God, it's not even good. Yeah. So he many many years ago he battled Gary in like the top eight of the Pokemon Johto League and defeated his Blastoise with his Charizard and somehow he, he owned yep. Gary so hard Gary retired from being a Pokemon yep. trader forever. Yep. <laughs> Alright, that's pretty good. I if I had known that maybe I would have stuck around. But uh, uh, Yeah, so in the context of Pokemon as a whole, and at least for you guys in your relationship with the Pokemon TV anime, what does what is it called, actually? Is it just... Because I've, I've just written it down here as Pokemon 2023. Uh, the, the, I mean, the, the official English language uh, billing they've been using for it is Pokemon Horizons. Yeah, but in Japanese, right. it's so, just known as Pocket Monsters, as it's always right. been known. Like, mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, so, so what does Horizons mean, then, for, for you guys? I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think... It represents a departure from the deeply conservative path that basically everything Pokemon has been plowing for a couple of decades now, right? You know, like, for better or worse, Scarlet or Violet were games which significantly shook up the status quo of how those games work, and it seems like they're trying to do the same thing here. Right. They're trying they seem to be focusing more on an ensemble cast. They seem to be focusing more on exploring different corners of the world. Something they already kind of played with in the latest series, because the the latest series of Pokemon with Ash was not Ash going through the world of Sword and Shield as he has always been doing. But it's 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 more like him with his uh, annoying companion ash 2.0 uh (laughs) sort of like traveling to different places on 
in every single episode, like they would have a, a, a base in Kanto, and then they would just travel to different places in different regions and, every episode. And in retrospect, now it's obvious that that was like a grand farewell tour, right? Yeah, like it, yeah. it was kind of like a. That's the thing. Another reason why the finale was fairly low key is because basically the the past three years have kind of been like a huge reunion tour. Most of the old companions have showed up and all that stuff. So it's, right, because I. In hindsight, Sun and Moon was the last, like, I guess that's the last time that the anime, like, broadly, like, stayed in the region of the game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even then, you know, there were signs that that status quo was breaking because they they rebooted the movies into their own separate continuity for a bit and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, you know? So clearly they've been trying to fight the format for a while now which is understandable you know after 26 years it's kind of hard to tell new stories in in that sort of framework mm. so mm. so yeah i th- i think i i think you know i'm not expecting a huge leap forward in storytelling i mean it's still a kids show right but um, but it at least seems to be something that is focusing more on being its own thing, I think. Yeah. Like there there have been explicit references to like an arc plot with like our new female main character having a mysterious pendant that seems to attract <laughs> all sorts of attention. And our new male protagonist having a mysterious Pokeball, which has definitely never been done in Pokemon yeah. before and has never <laughs> infamously ended up being incredibly We're wrapping it up. GS balls coming back, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean I guess you guys didn't even mention it, right? But like we're talking about a whole new cast. <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. A, like a uh, like one exception cast, by the looks of things. One exception. Uh Ikurai Otani is still playing a Pikachu. Uh, <laughs> but it has a hat now. Cue ah, the Malibu Stacy hat clip. It's uh, a yes. cool Pikachu. Yes, it is slightly gruffer than yeah. the uh, previous Pikachu. There, there does not appear yeah. to be any returning like characters. Yeah. Uh, mm. Of course, Ash Pikachu retired. So now, yes, now as is mentioned, now we have Liko and Roy as our like dual protagonists, yeah. and it's funny that you know. Uh, their the main connection of Scarlet and Violet just seems to be, and those two have the starters from Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. Anyway, let's go over here. I think the um, idea is that Liko is from mm-hmm. Paldia and actually goes to like a school, whereas it's, Roy is from is, is from yeah. Kanto. Okay, yeah. a school is a noted part of the yeah, that right. Game. But, uh, I guess it doesn't seem like she goes to the Pokemon yeah. school that is depicted. No, she just goes games. to generic Japanese high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in some regards, I guess it's interesting, right, that like, it feels like at this point the Pokemon anime feels or at least the staff working on that anime feel very comfortable about not yeah. like stressing over brand synergy mm-hmm. and sticking to the games, right? Like, I feel like that was always the thing about the Pokemon anime, right? Is like, right, well, right. whatever region Ash is in is where the current games are at, right? So, mm-hmm. right. And yeah. and also, you know, like, the cool Pokemon of the week showing up is generally whatever has the marketing push right. behind it right now. So, <laughs> so yeah. it's yeah. Lucario again. <laughs> uh, don't even get me started. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. This new season uh, seems to be, is, is going to be uh, written by the... That's or what like, I was about to bring up. All right, yeah. no, it's going to be... Daisato. 
Yeah. Oh. Right. But, no, the first thing I wanted to say was this is going to be the showrunner or like the executive yeah. director or whatever they call it in the anime industry is going to be the same person who did Sun and Moon and Ash's Victory Lap, which is like well, the okay. two seasons of Pokemon we really like. But then, yes, the head writer is our friend Dai Sato. Oh, for people who are not familiar with Dai Sato, um, he wrote most of Eureka 7, which is one of the best animes ever made, and then he has written a series of increasingly worse attempts to recapture that magic. Um, it's, yeah, I the think man the... wrote Cowboy Bebop. Like... Some of it. He wrote some, some episodes of yeah. okay. Cowboy right. Bebop. I think the yeah. funny thing about Dai Sato to me is that like you just you glance at his resume and it's a bunch of really well-regarded shows, and then you look at like his the specifics of what he's done and i feel like i personally never like what, what he's done uh which is funny um but he is a noted you know and he's a noted and respected uh member of the industry well, he's, uh, he, yeah. he is he's a working name. writer yeah mm-hmm. i mean he uh, is the guy a guy you get to fill up the writer's room on a high profile show that's a step up for the pokemon mm-hmm. anime which has normally you know yeah. mostly been staffed you know, by like yeah. nameless hard-working professionals mm-hmm. and also like you know an animation crew mostly out of korea and thailand mm-hmm. and all that stuff but, yep. um, but uh you know maybe pokemon maybe now the pokemon's written by the writer of ace combat 3 electrosphere we can <laughs> really <laughs> move into a new era um sure it, well, it'll be I interesting think, put it that way yeah it, it seems like pokemon for better or worse will be one to keep an eye on just to see how they approach you know they how, how they forge yeah. their new identity um, yeah i mean it's interesting like why would they make this decision yeah to i mean move on is, after 25 years yeah, it is literally yeah. a thing which will like there aren't many t- there aren't many days in which you know series that have run for a quarter of a century end and then get rebooted so it's going to be fascinating to see it would be very funny if the reason is something incredibly banal, like Rika Matsumoto being like, "You know what, guys? I think I'm gonna retire." <laughs> like, I mean, they would replace her in a. There were a couple yeah. news. Yeah. There were a couple headlines uh, several months ago about Rika Matsumoto publicly talking about how like she had never gotten royalties for the Pokemon theme song. Yeah, so. that's, about right. that's how that works, right? Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, yeah. Well, we got to move on. So yeah. on to you know. Speaking we'll of keep an eye royalty. Out, you know, he, he, Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of royal, yes, you know, sure, we'll, we'll take that one off. <laughs> yeah, go for the um, same Ranking of Kings is back? Question mark. Question mark. Um, it will be. I I still do not know the full context, but it seems like they will be airing like a special episode or like a mini OVA. Um, I mean, does so- rank does link it does uh, have it as a TV anime season? So it is definitely more than one episode. Um, uh-huh. But what exactly that means, I don't know. I mean, uh, we, yes. we have seen we've seen TV anime be more willing to uh, experiment with format recently. Like, like the, there was like a one-off Attack on Titan thing earlier this uh, earlier sure. this season, right? Like, you know, I mean, 
Zig, that might just mean be because seasons don't mean anything anymore. Kind of. Right. I mean, <laughs> we are now on Attack on Titan, the final season, part three, part one, or something like <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> no, it's, but also, like in a more serious note, right? Like, like anime is one of the few things that still is largely a linear experience based yes. on TV airing time, right? You know, and even, I think we're beginning to see kind of like some cracks in that emerge as time goes by. Most certainly. But but getting back to the show itself, um, so you know I think we've all across multiple podcasts have you know talked many times about Ranking mm-hmm. of Kings and maybe how we felt about Ranking of Kings by the time it concluded its first season. So I you know I uh, the ball is in your guys's court. Like, are you down for more Ranking of Kings? You know, does this excite you? I'm apprehensive. I I think I'll I'll tune in to to uh, an episode or two and and see how i feel like it's an uphill battle right like uh, yeah i I mean it's it is a shame that we even talk of a show like this in this tone but i think i broadly mm -hmm. fall in line with you it's so incredibly strange how because i personally never saw the ending of ranking of kings and that's not because <laughs> i dropped no that's not because i dropped it because i didn't oh, okay, like it or okay. something it's just something happened that caused me to be like two episodes behind and uh, i never really caught up it happened and then yeah. i heard on yeah. the podcast that you guys were disappointed so i never bothered but it is strange to me how a show that we were so excited about and now, not even a year later, we're here sighing about like, well, I our, guess yeah. I'll guess I'll watch the next season. It was our number two anime of uh, last yeah, year. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I th- I think that that says something about how disappointing that ending was when we can mm-hmm. rank it so highly and yet still be kind of apprehensive about Com- what's coming. Yeah, or next, completely right? uninterested yeah. in how it but, continues. But, yeah. For clarification, I did not watch Ranking of Kings, but hearing you guys talk about that ending, you it sounded devastating. And not in the good way. Like But is that's it, a good way to put it to put it, would, yes. <laughs> would you say it Because that ending if I understand correctly, it is mostly a bad resolution to distort to that plotline, but does yes. it necessarily have ramifications for how the show could continue? Yeah, I mean, a, I mean they they both at the end, Boji goes off to you know make his own way, right? Like, right, right. Yeah, but the whole thing where he forgives Miranjo, which seems to be the crux of your beef with the ending, do you think that could affect the show's quality? going so, forward like, in theory you you have a point aqua where it ends poorly but it does clean the slate mm-hmm. i guess is, I'll, is I'll, how I'll, you could just yeah all all i'm saying is, is all i'm saying is Miranda shows up multiple times in this in this pv oh, oh does she oh <laughs> no <laughs> never <laughs> Because I I thought they would continue to flesh out this whole idea of the ranking of kings, right? One assumes. And not necessarily the whole Moranjo demon possession king boss thing. Right, right. Well, unfortunately, right. that stuff is tied to the, like, kind of main plot, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Because mm-hmm. Boji's actions, or, you know, the actions of... I mean, Boji's actions, Dida's actions, everybody's actions <laughs> at the end of season one. Right. You know, Bochi, not to be confused with Bochi, the other disaster person. (laughs) No, not quite, yes. Uh, (laughs) um, 
unfortunately kind of also pretty clearly sets out like like sets the plates out for what the conflict of what like what the next like right right overarching mm-hmm. conflict will be if that makes sense like even if the next like even if this anime this new season of ranking of kings doesn't focus on that that stuff is always going to exist in the periphery because right. of how they established it at the end of the first season and it at least yeah. told you about the show's value well like at least it teaches you now that if Boji is willing to forgive Miranjo, he is willing to. He will be willing to forgive anyone and anything that will still cross his path, right? Uh, yes. I mean, I, I think that one of the one of the reasons why we are so apprehensive about it is that when something like that happens to a show that up to that point has been so confident and assured in its storytelling, right? It kind of breaks the aura of invincibility around that storytelling. Like suddenly you're like, well, my confidence in the storytelling is broken because they clearly didn't understand the story as well as I assumed that they did. And Mm -hmm, that means mm -hmm. that, you know, that guarantee of minimum quality is no longer there. So I I, I think Mm -hmm. it's, you know, and again, I've not seen Ranking of Kings, but this is just from my experience of watching other shows that had similar issues. You know, you just no longer have the confidence that they grasp the character in the same yeah. way that they mm-hmm. grasp the nature yeah. of the show. I I think that's a very yeah. good way of putting it, Zig. I think that actually gets to the core of because I, I think I think here's the thing, right? You you look at it from the bird's eye view. Ranking of Kings is still a very well made show with like a, that like. There is nothing about it that inherent like there's nothing inherently like broken about ranking of kings, right? But when you start that strong and you give off this impression of invincibility, you know, it is the it is the Superman is fallible thing, right? It is <laughs> like you know, I remember saying during the first half of Ranking of Kings, right. like the this show, show can do no wrong, right? Can do no wrong, right? Because mm-hmm. it gave off that impression, right? You know, everything it did, right? You know, the the Queen Hiling stuff, mm-hmm. Dor- the Dorsch stuff, all the stuff it did with like um I mean all the characters, right? We don't need to talk yeah, about yeah, it yeah. all, but right, like just right, right. every character beat that I think any lesser anime would have messed up or done a worse version of it. Like Ranking of Kings made it look effortless and and you know that that just means that if it does fall, the fall is harder, right? Because yes, yeah, because exactly. you know you you feel like you have come to an understanding with the show that it will do the thing that is consistent with its characters, its values, its level of quality. You know, and in a certain sense, that means that when good shows become bad, it's that much harder to take than when mediocre shows become bad, right? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I think that... Um, None of us are crying over a high card. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like, I think, you know, this is not a direct comparison. I don't think the level of quality was as high, but um, I, I think I felt broadly the same way about One Direct Priority, yep, right? that, which yep, was <laughs> an, an incredibly good show which seemed to understand the message that it was speaking. And part of the reason why the ending of that show is so bad is that it re- reveals that actually, no, we kind of just winged right. it. So, mm-hmm. like it's it's a similar thing. You like you can never regain that level of of appreciation, you know. And and I think that's why, I think that's why people, us included, are leery about this continuation, you know. Because even if it gets good again, it won't be quite the same. And that's you know, 
I think that's a challenge. I think that's an interesting challenge for the showrunners, for the writers and stuff like that, right? Like, you know, how can you sort of rebuild that connection with the audience? Yeah, I yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think at the core of it, as Eero said at the very start, I, I think it is a thing of we will, you know, those of us who watched that show to completion will probably watch this new one, but it will most certainly be an uphill battle. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of a show that I really, really hope does not have a <laughs> ranking of Kings S downfall. Oh, no. Mobile Suit Gundam, the I, Wish I want, for I, Mercury. I wanted to say, is is that even possible? Is this is this show still on the like regular good to bad rating scale? <laughs> like, or have we gone I, so far off look, the deep Ichiro end? Look, Ichiro Kochi might stare at the screen and say, "What if I said to kill all Japanese?" <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it can it can that man has written shows that that have. Uh, Set the table nicely and then immediately upended the table. Right? No chill. Okay, but absolutely but no chill. My counteract for that is that, like, I had almost as much fun watching Code Geass disintegrate <laughs> as I did when it was good. If, like, <laughs> like the first half of R two especially is such an epic train wreck that it's it's incredibly right. funny. I think that you know, which from Mercury, I think. You know, I, I think we're all so, sort of in awe because of just how hard that ending of season one <laughs> went. Right. Yeah. No, but I will say that I think that it is so far fairly closely sticking to the standard Gundam playbook with some perhaps more gonzo uh, presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't foresee a huge drop-off in quality. I think that... I, I think that a lot will depend on how well they can articulate the sort of web of political and, and right. economical alliances, because that's always the thing, right? If you're writing a political drama, which, let's be honest, this mostly is, even though it's also a robot show. I mean, um, that's that's Gundam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it, Are answer, you saying that, unlike uh... most mecha shows... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> This saying like most, I'm saying like most mecha shows. Yeah, like most mecha shows. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I, I, I think that, like, you know, because, um, like, like Suleta crushing that guy and Mirene being all shell-shocked is, is an effective, a super effective cliffhanger. But, like, how do you pick up the more nuanced parts of the story after right. that? That, to I mean... me, is the interesting bit. I mean, you know, I don't want to, like, get into, like, frame-by-frame PV yeah. speculation here, but, like, you know, watching that PV, it seems like they're back in school. I yeah, I, which... I, was, I, was so sure that I was like, okay, school over, global-scale warfare starts now. It's, it's very funny if they're gonna treat this, like... As if Suleta had, as if Miorina had like seen Suleta drunkenly kissing yeah. another girl at the party or something. I, <laughs> like, I, mean, I, it's it's this weird thing of like again, like it, it's hard to speculate just based off of PVs and promotional imagery. You know, the first, like, you know, the fir- the first promo image of season two, right? The very like <laughs> Renaissance painting esque, like mm-hmm. Suleta kneeling on the ground in the darkness, Miorina in the light, like extending her hand while looking off to the horizon very much gave the impression of oh is season two or part two going to be about deprogramming Saleta, right is that mm-hmm. going to be Mio Reen's goal but then you have the promo the very Tomino inspired 
uh, a poster for season two mm. that was just released the other day. With, just like one hundred percent people reaching their hands out. To things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To Milreen specifically, right? Milreen is isolated and alone, and Suleta, along with the rest of the cast, is reaching out to her while. Choo Choo was doing her best Superman impression. I don't know, but <laughs> Choo Choo's always got her fists at the ready. Yeah, flying yeah. <laughs> fist first. I mean, I I think that like like a good show can be about both. Like a good show mm. can be like Mioreen is scared of Suleta now, and Suleta needs to learn how to like overcome whatever fucked up thing her mother has done to her and for the record you know i don't think it's necessarily as sci-fi as we psychologically programmed her you know mm-hmm. i think that i think that it could just be good old-fashioned abusive parenting but oh um, sure i mean when i when but, i say deprogramming i even mean deprogramming in the way that that term was used for like terrorists you know, and yeah. stuff yeah yeah, yeah or, or like deprogramming you know the nazi regime post yeah yeah right, yeah. Like, right. It, but it's... i i think you know a good show can balance those two threads effectively right you can mm-hmm. you can tell a story where both of the lead characters have to go on a journey sure you know yes. um i even think you can do that in the confines of the school system because mm-hmm. i think there's an interesting story to be told about oh we're back in school because that's where we're meant to be right but, every, but all the shit is, is falling the yeah all the shit is falling around outside yeah. uh, falling apart around us you right. know and and, and it's like, like all those stupid duels we did about who gets uh-huh. to date who Oh boy! <laughs> Never forget that this man also wrote Valve Rave, which yes, involved look. involved the school declaring independence. I know. Look, Ichiro. He also wrote Lupin Part Five. Okay, I know. I know. <laughs> it's it's why it's it's why it's funny. You just almost. don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah. I I think the real question, and it's the same question that we asked ourselves when we had finished watching the first half. <laughs> I think it can tell a great story about these two, you know, young women, you know, finding solace in each other and finding what was missing in them in each other. My question is, can it do that along with a global scale conflict in 12 episodes? I mean, yeah, that that's the thing. Like, Also, I still don't think like a lot of people were very definitive on this in the at the end of um season one it's like you know oh we were we were having fun with wow cool robot now it's war is bad but honestly crushing a dude into paste with a giant robot hand that's still wow cool robot straight like <laughs> that's yes, a, that's yes. at the perfect intersection of the two yeah yes also <laughs> right. but, i'm not necessarily certain that this is automatically going to escalate into an all-out conflict or like an all-out war. It would be very out of character for the series if it did not escalate right. onto I, some I, level. Mm-hmm. Like, perhaps not a planet or, like, system-wide war, but definitely, like, a... Or a corpo Yeah, a corpo yeah. war or something. I think like. it will escalate because... I mean, yes. May, may, when I say global conflict, I, I may... I, I don't necessarily mean, like, on the scale of, say, the original UC, but I do mm-hmm. think... When I say global, I think... I just think that too many things happen at the end of the first half that, like, too many, like, political and, like, geographic entities are now involved, right? Like, you have the corpse, you yeah. know, you have... Remember, I mean, uh, Bob killed Earth his terrorist. own father. 
Right. So, uh, <laughs> yes. That yes. also <laughs> happened. Um, I mean, and also it's like open season on Delling, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And right, also, right. you know, why have like Earth ruled by a series of shady corporations if you're not going to have an all-out corpo war at some point? Yes. Like, so, I mean, they will escalate, but the question is how they do it and to right. what end, right? Like, the the key thing of every Gundam show is like how can we effectively tell the moral and political heart of the story while at the same time delivering like cool robot cool shit robot. and right. you know some I mean, shows get that balance right and some shows get them very wrong and so you're I, saying that is how can we deliver the message that war is bad <laughs> while also making people say wow cool robot <laughs> i mean sometimes yeah. you can some the very best gundam shows i think make wow cool robot into a message that says yes. war is bad see uh, I... for example <laughs> I think I think other than the UC I'm pretty sure G Witch is the line I now own the most gunpla from. Wow. <laughs> I really like the kit what about the suits. What about builders. What about build. No, well there's a couple of designs I really like in build, but I did not buy every design, you know. Oh, okay, like I did okay. not get like yes, did I buy three copies of the K nine sniper? Yes, of course I did. Oh, but, you're you're not going to become one of those army building guys who owns like forty. 40 no, Zappers, no, it's oh, it's, yeah. it's it's more it's more of a kit bash thing. You know, it's yeah. more like oh, I really like this part and I want to incorporate it into multiple yeah. custom builds. I, and I may sound um, stupid, but there aren't even that many different robots in G Witch. There's been quite a few. I'm counting I mean, on my fingers here. We've got what? Say... Okay, we've got Ariel. We've Ariel. Got, we've got Lafrith. You got yeah. the Phylact. Uh, we got the yeah. We got the Phylact. Like, like, you've got the Dulanza. You've got Ella, the Elon's thing. Yes, you've got the, the bigger boo. You've got yes, the Demi Trainer. You have the Demi Trainer Choo Choo Custom. You have <laughs> the the um. You oh, have yeah, the fight Gundam. The, the witches uh, from Earth after yeah. thing. Yeah, those I are guess. those are two. Yeah. What's the successor? The bigger boo. Um, I'm butchering yeah. pronunciation. Anyway, you, have both, pente, you have both the aerial and the powered up aerial. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the point is, I, okay, I'll say this. Within, okay, fine. Maybe not the most ever. <laughs> I will say, in the context of a 12 episode series, right? Uh-huh. It is a weirdly high batting average for me, which is not always the case. Like I say, I'd say most Gundams, I probably get like one. There's always like at least one design that makes me go. Damn, this show might be a complete piece of shit, but that's a cool robot. Yeah, but, we watched uh, um, uh, Kyokai Senki. God. Um, <laughs> but do you own yeah, any Gundam I... H Gunpla G? What? Gundam Age. I, I, age, I, yes, own, I do. I own yes. some Gundam Age Gunpla. Even owns Gundam Age Gunpla. I ain't even <laughs> seen Gundam Age. Well, that tells you how good the Age line actually was. It's surprisingly decent. The age all right. looks pretty all right. The uh, oh. my understanding is that the oh gun goodness. is fine for not with that show. Well, anyway. okay, speaking speaking of Gunpla, then. Yes. Let's talk about the <laughs> yes. next Speaking show of list. needlessly yes. obsessing over cheap trash. The show, <laughs> the show that contains the highest proportion of Gundams per head. Uh, Birdie Wing, Golf Girl Story <laughs> oh, Season I, 2. I hope more incredibly obscure Gunpla keeps showing up. <laughs> God. 
I can't show, believe it's huh? back, guys. What we can, we, so what can we even say about this? <laughs> my back. only my only concern is that like we have spent so long hyping this thing yeah, up in our heads yeah. that yeah. reality will yes. inevitably of course, yeah. That it's just going to be a slightly off kilter generic yeah, like, sports at, show. At, at like... this point I kind of want it to just be like JoJo levels of crazy and it's yeah. never quite going to get to that, but like you know, so nobody's my, going to set themselves on fire to find their right. opponent's weaknesses. Well, so, so my my main source of optimism for me is I said similar things after the end of the Gulf Mafia arc, right? I yes. I, mm-hmm. I remember like you can you can go back to the podcasts. Yes. Yeah. You can never claim look, I was never a hater. I never I never doubted Birdie Wing, or I always believed. But after Gulf Mafia and you tell us she's just going to golf school in Japan. I was definitely mm-hmm. of, the, of the opinion they can't. They, they, That's they it. can't match golf mafia like that. Like it's it's impossible, right? And then the first episode, Eve goes to Japan. Fucking what's that gag? It's like, hey, you Where know she Japanese? Says, yeah, 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 uh, yeah I, I guess, guess I, I do. do. <laughs> and that's it. That's all that ever gets explained. And that that, that was also like the that. moment for me where I was like, okay, they're on the right track. <laughs> yes. That yeah. tell me that even if the subject matter of the show itself gets a little bit more late low key compared to Golf Mafia, I think the strength of the dialogue and the character writing and just the full-throated like embrace of that show's sensibilities. My hope is yes. that stuff carries through in the second half. I mean, there is that shot in the PV of the lady who looks like she's going Super Saiyan, yes. which, uh, you know, is encouraging. I, I think that, yeah, realistically, I think that, you know, if they can keep that level of, like, it's just the sort of, like, the bubbling level of background silliness that sort of permeates yeah. that show. Right. Like, because, like ostensibly the things that are happening are like goofy but semi-realistic but every so often something truly insane will come mm-hmm. in and it's those little moments of like off the edge uh yeah just the that... the seiren energy of this was written yes. by a person who does not live on this planet or like this was written <laughs> and then somebody came along and annotated it in sharpie or something right like yeah. you know right. like like the girl with the golf stand or i'll kill you in golf um, <laughs> or you know i mean like the PV also suggests that we're going to get into the mysterious background of Raya Amaro uh, yeah uh-huh. Definitely well, I mean, not Amo Rai. Um, you know, Eve still has her backstory to be revealed, right? Yes. You know, there's her backstory you know, would definitely not show Asnabol. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, hey, this is kind of our last chance to get our bets in, right? Mm. Are Eve and Owie secretly related? I'm going to say are, no. Are, I'm going to take are, no on that one. Okay. Are one of them secretly a clone or some sort of like bio oh organic experiment genetically engineered think, super golfer yeah i mean aoi is already that right i mean like, there's there's also the thing where eve looks suspiciously a lot mm. like aoi's mom yeah. yes that's sort of what i was getting at. right yeah. someone like harvested d- d- genetic material off of a golf ball and like created the perfect oh, golfer yeah like Dude, we, we created imagine? we fucking serpentored the world's greatest golfer yeah. no okay yeah like no, imagine okay this is what it is right is that owie is actually truly you know the progeny of her two genetic parents right the two greatest golfers in yeah. the world but uh-huh. eve is the agent 47 oh, of golfers yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. and we took it's we like took, we took we took teas from the five greatest golfers and 
blinded them up to Les Enfants Terribles. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so Brother! I got all the recessive genes. <laughs> somebody remake that liquid snake cut scene where he's talking about golf instead. Oh, <laughs> But, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess uh, on some of yes, what else is there to say? This was a a deeply entertaining show that I think really caught us all but you I'm know, kind of, I'm kind of encouraged yeah. that they gave it an entire year. Like, because <laughs> secretly, like, one of the things that was pleasing about that show was that it always kind of looked nice and had, like, a nice production. And looked so, okay. Like, I, I, <laughs> uh, I, I, look, man, like, you don't, you don't draw a flying car with rainbows behind it in a single day. Uh, right. But Just... you know, I, I think that I think that giving it that time is is not necessarily a mark of confidence, but I think that it it's um I You're probably right. I guess the 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 the, the perspective I come from is Birdie Wing is animated by the same studio currently working on Witch for Mercury. Yes. And my understanding is that that project quickly became an all hands on deck situation. Right. But what about Witch for Mercury? (laughs) (laughs) And so what I'm saying is was Birdie Wing given the time it needed, or is it more there was literally nobody available to work on Birdie Wing? I mean, I think the question is what would, which one of those outcomes would produce a better show? It's not entirely (laughs) clear. Um, Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I yes. don't know. We've memed it up enough. I'm interested yeah. to see uh, where this lands on the reality sky. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just want something to. I don't know if it can anymore because now my guard's up. But I want something <laughs> to catch me off guard on the same level as as uh, as Rose's deal uh, at the end of that episode <laughs> because that blinds that really got me right yeah um i mean it, you'll 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 never get caught like that ever again right that's I mean, the thing with the contrast from is... gangland killing to wow the drinks are free might be one of the <laughs> hardest turns i've ever seen i still yeah, think I, the I... best episode of that show is the one with Bear and her magical titty sweat that yep, ends yep. with with uh with mm-hmm. Aoi leaving on the plane and leaving behind things. The the oh, we can't, we can't, we can't just right. recap yeah, we every just moment we <laughs> love yeah. from Birdie well, Wing. Yeah. But I hope I, I just wanted the, to keep that, keep that spirit. You know? yeah. Of course, yes, and and I hope to anybody listening, the the tone in our voices communicate just how delighted we were with that with that show. Yeah, absolutely, Birdie, Birdie. All right, well, with all the returning shows taken care of for spring 2023, let's get into some of the new faces that we have to look forward to. Um, Based on the list we have here, it seems like we definitely have, (laughs) if not like, you know, necessarily an embarrassment of riches, we have at least a couple here that are definitely going to be worth keeping an eye on. Uh, there's the certainly first of a those. richness of embarrassment. Mm. <laughs> Is that what? so? Well, uh, we, we've Aqua. excised all isekai from this list. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. No isekai on this list. I, I run a tight ship. Get all right. right here, yeah. Isekai immediately gets thrown overboard. <laughs> isekai, leave this place. <laughs> yes. Unless you are Yoshiyuki Tomino's 1983 <laughs> masterpiece, Aura Battler Dunbine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm. And now that I've truly murdered the segue I was going to set up, mm, sorry. Uh, 
Aqua, tell us about Oshinoko, or uh, does it have a, a, a Western uh, title? Uh, not really. I've seen the Western something... title that they put it in brackets. And yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, no, that's just naming <laughs> like, alphabetical order, so it will, will show up first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not there. Uh, yeah, so Oshinoko is a very strange thing to talk about. Oh, it's... hell yeah. Is this, this is Shonen Jump, isn't it? Uh, no, it is not. It is okay. Shueisha because it is uh, on Manga Plus, but so it is, is it, is not. Is it their, like Jump Plus? It's not whatever. Jump Plus either. I don't know exactly what it is because it didn't start out in uh, in a Jump property, but it eventually moved there. Mm. Um, but what this is is this is a collaboration between Aka Akasaka Genius Mangaka Aka Akasaka, two weekly publications at the same time. What else has this? Person um, this is the mangaka of Kaguya-sama Love is War. Okay, um, and Glorio favorite. Teaming up with uh, Mengo Yokoyari, who is the artist and writer of uh, Scum's Wish. And oh, I see this is cat I, I for you. Aqua guy, <laughs> <laughs> so Oshinoko is uh, a kind of sort of midway point between the two. It is not a straight up comedy, but it is also not a psychodrama. I, I, my brain literally cannot imagine a meeting point between Kaguya-sama and Scum's Wish. <laughs> like, you could barely think of two shows that are more diametrically opposed. Um, yeah, well. Um, no, what this essentially is, is uh, Aka Akasaka, who apparently has a background in working as like a, a like jobber at in the entertainment industry. Like in like television or in or at a record company or something, and this is basically him eviscerating the Japanese entertainment industry based on his own experiences as well as the the people he met making the Kaguya Samai live action movies. And so, what what is the premise? It, yeah, like? so th- that's the thing, right? Because a lot about the show sort of hinges on a twist in chapter two or three or something. Oh, I think okay. this is also while they're, why they're going for a ninety minute premiere episode. Oh, it's one of these. If I'm oh, correct, man. I believe the really... premiere was actually shown in theaters in Japan. Yeah, because you don't really know what the show is going to be unless <laughs> triple length episode zero. Yeah. How much walking in circles is that? (laughs) So the idea is um, our main character is a gynecologist who works at a Mm -hmm. hospital. Okay. And he is a big fan of this pop singer slash idol lady. Or a girl, really, because she's a she's idol. Yeah, Yeah, an idol. And um, one day he actually meets his idol because she comes into his ward, revealing that she has actually been pregnant for nine months and she's about to give birth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So while he's you know delivering her child, trying to keep everything under wraps because she's an idol, and you know idols can't have relationships, let alone bear children. Uh, he gets murdered by an obsessive fan <laughs> who wants to, you know, ah, protect the purity of his waifu. And oh as, he, okay, uh, as is, he dies... Is he the child? Yes. He reincarnates wow. into the oh, child wow. of his favorite idol. Okay. <laughs> it really I, speaks to like how like, I, fucking... 
good this must be that Aqua is here saying this to us with a straight face. I honestly could not have guessed that twist in a million (laughs) years, and that's because it's fucking stupid. Stupid! It is stupid! Um... But they make it work, apparently? The thing is that that's not really what the manga is about. Like, I okay. want to I want to see... Yeah, yeah, no, don't, don't, don't give it away. No, you no, know, no, I, no, I... no, I'm not going to give away the twist. Uh, because that's not the twist. Well, well maybe um, tell us what it does so well, then. So, okay. The thing is, it, the manga is not... I want to say that the reincarnation aspect is really irrelevant that that's just cashing in on a trend but that's not necessarily the case like they do does this become i don't need to interrupt but does this be like based on how you're talking about it and Mm -hmm. the gears in my head turning does this be does this like pivot towards something more like erased something like that yes wherein we have like the idea of the reincarnation is to put an adult who has the perspective of mm-hmm. of a fan of this idol into the role of the child who has the perspective of this is my mother like and you know how this how like annoying stance on twitter refer to their favorite pop singer as mother like do they yes yes oh they my God. do <laughs> i so I'm no psychologist, but I think <laughs> even I could write a paper on that. So um, the show kind of, kind of, kind of plays with that interesting idea so, of like, is it what is what is healthy fandom? What is toxic right, fandom? Yeah, what is um, like, right? Okay. Is, is it like a story about like the separation between people and public image and it's about stuff like parasocial like relationships? Or... Partially, partially. Okay, yeah. I mean, that is an interesting angle. To take, it's right. just, <clears throat> it's also about a gynecologist reincarnating. Right, But the thing is, the the fact that he is now the child of his favorite idol is n- almost never played for wish fulfillment. Like, right, yeah, it I, very quickly turns into a show where it's like. Where he grows up, you know, as a teenager and as the child of an idol, he is also expected to enter the entertainment industry, but he has certain beef with people who have wronged his mother slash favorite idol. In ways that he technically could never know about. Right, right. So he he, it sort of becomes this, like, detective slash revenge story. That deals with a lot of like oh, the the like shitty sides of the entertainment industry, you know. Uh, I'll say one thing: this sounds really weird, and I am drawn yeah. to really <laughs> weird things. I mean, yeah, like, like honestly, the things like once you get past the like reincarnated gynecologist thing, mm-hmm. like the more you talk about this. <laughs> 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 aside from that <laughs> I, I, I made sure to try to deliver that as straightforward it's sometimes you need a gonzo premise to drive an yeah. interesting story right. I mean like again like I mean I remember when I mean just to bring up that erased comparison again I remember when we right. all heard about erased and we all went really like yeah. some like yeah. wish fulfillment reincarnation shit like boring right 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 you know um how many times, like, I mean, okay, let's, you know, like, I don't think it's, well, is it as weird? I don't know. How many times did I, like, have to, like, convince you guys, like, no, trust me, guys, Beastars is really good. You have to believe <laughs> didn't ta- me. It didn't right? take that long. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think, 
the the thing about B stars and like look, I got into anime and manga because it's full of weird and crazy ideas. Right, and so, when something weird happens, exactly. I first go, "Is this probably somebody's fetish?" And then <laughs> well, when I rule out that, then I'm like, "Okay, now I'm interested." Well, right. it, it, sometimes it could be both, but yeah, you know, okay, but you know, I mean, says you know, hi. yeah, <laughs> but like you know, if like. I think the key thing is, like, you know, is it an insane idea, but also, like, effectively and interestingly executed, right? And by right. all accounts, it sounds like it is. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, that mean, is enough to make and me... the thing of it existing at the halfway point between the other two works of the, of the others is, like... I wouldn't call it. It's like it's like not a, it's not a comedy like Kaguya-sama. Like, it has some goofy bits, but it is... It is concerned with the same themes as Kaguya-sama, which is like the image, the, best. the image that that people project to the outer world right, mm-hmm. yeah. versus their actual feelings, and in that way, it does actually what have something in common with uh, which yeah. comes wish. What are the the, the concepts okay, but... in, in Japanese like honen katemai something the mm-hmm. the the like inner feelings and the outer feelings right right like the interface and the outer face like. which is a very very big thing in kaguya mm-hmm. especially I, 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 what we, we, i assume will be the movie where mm-hmm. like i mean i'm assuming that's the arc that the movie covers we, we right. have to play to the crowd okay so aqua it's just like persona then <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah but it's, no, it's, it's, it's yeah yeah interesting like yeah. like i also, yeah, we I should mean, this... we should also mention that this is a Dogakobo show, a yeah. studio almost as mm. completely all over the shop as that premise sounds. Right, so and I mean it's 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 pretty high profile. Like they right. announced a, they have announced this relatively long ago. They're, they're, they seem to be going all out with the promotion, like putting it in cinemas and stuff like right. that. Like, yeah. Seems, seems like a yeah. season for high-profile anime mm. with somewhat collar-tugging premises. Right. But, you know, so sometimes... I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm reading this is uh, Weekly Young Jump, so that's Shoisha's uh, Seinen Weekly, yeah. Okay. Not, yeah. the so, not the Shonen Jump. Yeah, no, yeah. I... Anyway, go ahead. Continue with the segue, I'm sorry. But... Oh, no, no, just that's something, something to look forward to. And actually, it is not a great segue, because oh, that's the show after the next mistake. show. Oh, my yeah. But we do have to move on, so we'll just quickly move to uh, Insomniacs After School, which um, I'm not super familiar with. I am mainly familiar with it because it is the same author as uh, the manga uh, Fujiyama-san's Adolescence, um, which is a manga about a tall girl. (laughs) Tell me more, Tell me more, yeah. That's how I was character for you. Look... Oh, yeah, tell me more. It's uh, just funny because this author clearly has a type because, like, uh-huh. like almost the exact same like type of girl shows up in this manga as well. Um, mm-hmm. um, at um, Insomniacs after school, I mainly bring That's it up. Why because... I've been reading Telor Gotobanashi. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, in, all, in all seriousness, you know, Gel's not here with us. I feel like we got to give him a little <laughs> representation. This feels like a Gel show. It's basically about two high schoolers who suffer from insomnia and mm. g- a general sense of like teenage like listlessness and malaise, yeah. kind of is, meeting is and this, hanging out. Is this called so, the it, Night Gaiden? Like, well, is so this, it is. It's 
it kind of has that vibe, right? Except without the supernatural mm-hmm. elements. Except for no hot, hot older lady vampires. <laughs> no, just hot, a I mean, very taller lady vampires. <laughs> right, just just a very cute like girl next door type with bushy eyebrows. But, I mean, uh, if this were really a show about teenage insomnia, it would be about staying up till two a.m. on MSN Messenger. But, I mean, yes, uh, like the the least real <laughs> the least realistic part of this premise is that like two young teenagers with insomnia would hang out like. You know, at night on the streets, and not instead, I don't know, playing message each other Fortnite till three in the yeah. morning or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it seems you no. Know, um, based on you know, Fujiyama San was an enjoyable manga, at least mm-hmm. for me, anyways. So uh-huh, same uh-huh. same author. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, looks like Leiden Films working on this. Yeah. So so I guess uh. We'll look forward to hearing Jell's take on it. <laughs> uh, yes, this is his That's show. Fair. Like, there's no, there's, there, there's no, like, there's no ambiguity here. He's gonna, he's gonna take this show for, for first looks. Uh huh. Music by Yuki Hayashi. Oh really? Oh, okay. I actually uh, did not know that. Damn, there. You know, it's the those orchestrated swells when they're looking at the stars are gonna be great. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> um. But now that we're, yes, now that we get past that, we can get into maybe the other high-profile, high-budget, uh, questionably-premised um, manga adaptation of, of the season, which is uh, is uh, Tengoku Daimakyo, or uh, Heavenly Delusion, uh, which is a seinen manga by uh, Masakazu Ishiguro, who, uh, of... Of Sora Demo fame, if anybody remembers that show. Oh, right, yeah. Manga. And, that was uh, the Shaft show with a maid, right? With the maids, yes. Yeah. Um, which I guess you could... I don't maybe, know. Maybe, I, don't, I, I, I don't got anything on that. No. I mean, the main thing that's notable about it is the, is the guy's art style. He has a very... Okay, um, sure. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, simple's not the right word, but... Hope. Um, it honestly has a little bit of, like... Um, like some of, of this, a, some of this, some of this key art looks like like some some of this key art looks like classic like seventies horror posters and stuff. Like maybe that. yeah, you know, that very yeah, kind of like garish kind of like. Well, hyper. I think that's kind of I, that, that feels like it was more a choice for the 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 anime poster. I'd say the right. manga art okay. kind of has that like. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. I don't like like when I say Akira, I don't mean the same level of, like detail, but I mean in that like. It's not quite the, the typical anime style. Um, mm-hmm. Right, a, li- anyway. a little more, um, a Everyone little more humanish. Yeah. Maybe I, I should no, have, I should have. Ri- Thank you, Ira. I should have <laughs> written some notes to better explain this. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of flying blind here. I apologize. But, I also uh, can't so really what? find the words to describe it. I mean, also this is an like, audio medium, so you yes. know, people look, look it up. Um, look it up, people. All right. Anyway, so heavenly delusion. Um, basically tells two parallel stories about different sets of characters in different settings and sort of the mystery of the show is finding out how the two sort of intertwine with each other um one is about a couple of teenagers traveling through post-apocalyptic japan which has fallen to a sort of unknown catastrophe and is now inhabited by these sort of mysterious these mysterious um Human-eating alien creatures, I guess, is how I'd put it. 
Okay. Um, they kind of look like giant um water fleas, I guess. Like sure. Uh, or a what was that thing called? Like a tardigrade. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What, like one of water those bear, water bears. Yeah. Tardigrade. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and and the couple are searching for something nebulously called heaven, which may hold the answers to um a particular condition that one of the characters has, and the nature of that condition. And the nature of why these two are traveling together is one half of the mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, parallel to this is another story uh, about a group of children who live in an isolated facility where they are supervised by the facility's adult, adult caregivers, scientists, and uh, seemingly omniscient AI. Okay. Uh, of note, one of the characters in this facility looks identical to one of the characters in the post-apocalyptic storyline. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, ah, morphic resonance. Right, so my, my <laughs> immediate assumption here is something about like clones or like a there or like a promised Neverland situation where they are being farmed uh, for these monsters or something. Uh, don't add. Yeah, I mean, you don't have I to mean, tell no, me no, if that's no, correct. No, no. I mean, I'm just... saying yeah, in the sense that like those that that definitely is probably the vibe that Heavenly Delusion mm-hmm. gives mm-hmm. off right. of like, you know, again, it's you know, one half is post-apocalyptic, the other is like seemingly sci-fi. Um, and and they're definitely not taking place at the same time in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> and like the, the the thing that um, I really. It, so I'll start with the good. The things I really like about <laughs> Heavenly Delusion is, I guess, a little bit like Oshinoko, it's willing to be weird, right? Like, the very, like, mm. redundant derivative, like, elevator pitch on Heavenly Delusion is that it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, like, maybe, yeah, Promised Neverland by way of Yoko Taro. Mm-hmm. Like, but like, from the New World, didn't they have some of that stuff? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Like, like it's a post-apocalyptic story that hell. I mean, to speak of Yoko Taro, maybe in a little like near in it, honestly. Of it, it is, it is a post-apocalyptic story that is really interested in questions about personhood and especially identity, both perceived and internalized. And like the works of Yoko Taro, is not remotely afraid to use fairly gratuitous writing and imagery to achieve those aims. Right. Um, I would say both storylines are willing to get into some pretty, like, surreal, strange, and sometimes just outright off-putting subject matter. But, and, and, and I guess maybe where some of the collar tugging comes from is, I think Heavenly Delusion probably has a shakier batting average than Yoko Taro does in this regard. Like, mm-hmm. you know, right. Like, and the reason- let's be clear, Yoko Taro does not have a like 100% batting average either. But- I, I guess the right. thing I would say, though, is the reason we are often forgiving and, in fact, very receptive to Yoko Taro's style of writing is mm. he will introduce these upsetting things and then justify them narratively or approach them with the nuance and like execution that we feel they deserve. Uh, Heavenly delusion. It feels sometimes like a work of similar ambitions, but mm-hmm. shorter reach. Yeah. But we, we were talking about this the other day and, and you mentioned like made in abyss as a comparison point. Yes. Right? I, I would use 
yes, thank you, actually. Yes, Maiden, thank you for reminding me of that, because I almost (laughs) forgot it. But yes, Maiden Abyss is probably the best comparison for Heavenly Delusion. Like, if you're going into it sight unseen, Maiden Maiden Abyss is probably the, like, bar to keep in mind for, like, oh, it's going to be this type of work of, like, it's going to have some really interesting things to say, it's going to do some really interesting things, but you have to have like the expectation that there is going to be a certain degree of harm uh, involved in its storytelling, I guess is mm-hmm. right. Is the way I'd put it. And the reality is I'm still reading it. I still mm-hmm. like broadly come out positive on heavenly delusion. I think God, like maybe a little bit like Oshinoko. There is a, like there is a, maybe not an episode three twist, but like an episode five twist that, um, Y'all, Twitter's gonna be unbearable when yeah. oh, it comes out. It already is unbearable. What would the difference be? Oh man, there's gonna be some takes. Uh, oh boy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. But I, I do like it. I think the characters are compelling. I think that, um, again, the mystery itself, um. You know, mysteries are always difficult in this genre, right? It's like, because mm-hmm. sometimes the teasing of the mystery is better than the reveal itself. And I would yes. say one thing I have enjoyed about Heavenly Delusion is that it has not revealed every mystery in the manga yet. There are still a lot remaining, but mm-hmm. I've enjoyed the like weirdly organic way in which it has revealed some of them. Like, you know, like there, there, there's like... Again, this is like why I cannot. I, I know it's it's bad to just like keep comparing it to like somebody else's work, but this is why I kind of like bringing up the Yoko Taro comparison because like there's almost that element of like hindsight based storytelling of like right, so right. the famous thing about like the original Nier right is you play uh, OG Nier the first time right and you fight all the bosses etc right mm-hmm. and then when you fight them the second time you now have their language translated. And it gives context to their actions and often ends up uh, intentionally now portraying Nier as a more villainous, like, mm-hmm. evil character for the things he is doing to uh, right. the enemies he is fighting, right? And there are some, you know, uh, uh, Heavenly Delusion being a linear story can't quite do the same thing of, like, reread the chapter and, you know, <laughs> get a new translation. But it does things of, like, it will just, like, give you insight into characters or even just, like, the actions of, like, certain factions that will instantly give you, like, a retroactive perspective on things that happened earlier in the story. And it will not, like, explicitly call attention to it. It will not do a flashback. It'll get, it, it just kind of ex- expects you, the, like, reader, to understand, oh, to put those I have together. to now look... Yes, I have to now look back on that moment earlier in the story with a different perspective. And I don't know. I guess I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I remember I watched the trailer recently and was like this looks really interesting and strange. Yeah, and then you, and, and then you were like, "Oh, dang, that's getting an adaptation." <laughs> yes, I Right. And I was like, "Okay, but based on that reaction, I'll I'll try yeah. to go into this like not looking up that much. I, I would recommend <laughs> right. trying to go in blind, yes. Uh, the last thing no. I'll say for it is, like Oshinoko, seems to have a fairly high-profile production behind it, right? It's it's production mm-hmm. IG. 
Um, the PVs show some really gorgeous, like, digital tools have gotten very good <laughs> at the point where I cannot tell these backgrounds are hand-painted or not. Like, I cannot tell they're hand-painted or if this is just, like, digital painting has gotten this good. But, like, mm-hmm. there is there is something to the backgrounds of this show that make me go, wait, is this watercolor? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, it's most likely some sort of hybrid technique. It probably is. Yes. Yes. It's just, but it speaks to the level of like fidelity that is going into it. I mean, production IG tends to run a pretty solid ship technically at the very least. So, you know, if, if they're paired with a source material that, provides very striking imagery it can be a pretty potent mix yeah that's that's definitely what i'm hoping for but uh you know again i guess we'll see this this you know funnily enough this could actually be more of a promised neverland situation of like Mm. watch the first two seasons and then maybe you're good (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right or or maybe uh, or maybe it's again made in abyss promised neverland these shows where we're like wow yeah those first two seasons really good but also <laughs> mileage mm-hmm. may vary after that right so um but yeah so that's that's heavenly delusion um next on the yeah. list here we have the galaxy next door yeah uh, Eero, i put I this on the uh, list even though this I, one is yours I, I don't think this is that interesting. I've read the manga, um, been reading the manga for this because it's the it's by the mangaka who did Sweetness and Lightning. Uh, hey, which, that's an anime I, we liked. A very I good like, show. Which I enjoyed the show of and then read the manga and also enjoyed the manga. Um, and I don't think this is as good as that. It's kind of... I would agree. Yeah. It's, well, uh, what's it the doesn't premise? have as interesting of a premise to me. Uh, the premise is roughly that uh, a manga artist uh, uh-huh. is sort of just scraping by because his parents are di- his parents died and he's taking care of his younger siblings. You know, uh, and you know his uh, assistants are going off on their own now, uh, and he's you know about to lose his job. Uh, because he, he was, he's overworked and then a pretty lady appears to ah. be his new assistant and mm. also she might be an alien of some kind and you know it's one of those uh and i guess the the thing i like about it is similar to sweetness and lightning it has is this sort like focus on like okay. <laughs> there isn't any cookie. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. But, but like it has the this, this sort of, of family. Like, yeah, like warm-hearted family stuff of he's taking care of his younger siblings and they are you know tweens who yeah. are also struggling with the situation, but right. I mean try is to it like sweet is it, is it like mm-hmm. sweetness and lightning where it does a fairly decent job of portray actually like accurately portraying mm-hmm children sort of they might even be too nice <laughs> well, fair enough <laughs> right i mean that, that's always a problem in media yeah. but, uh, right. i feel like adults co- i feel like i feel like adults constantly forget how shitty children are children right. are the worst but, actually but also you know that sometimes is not very entertaining as part of a story right mm-hmm. like, you know? so, yeah, so anyway it, which one of them is going to grow up and marry him the forbidden words no, the yeah. forbidden <laughs> knowledge <laughs> Christ. uh 
Thought crime has been committed. Information hazard. My reaction while looking at Angel was like, "Oh, that's getting an anime." Okay, uh, but like, well, I mean, it seems just, harmless how, enough. How, how yeah. big a deal is the alien angle? Because it's, that seems what sort of happened. A little odd. What sort of happens is like she like accidentally bonds to him or whatever, right? Like. With oh, her alien stuff, yeah. and so she puts her tail into his tail, and no, oh, I, and mean, I thought this so, was more like a, a lumb thing of like by yeah, the cultures of by alien tradition, we must now marry or something, right? Yeah. Basically, and so oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, and so part of the plot is she's like, well, I wanted to be your manga assistant anyway, but now, like, I guess we're dating because of this whole alien princess thing and so he's I like guess i guess also now i'm a substitute mother to your siblings right yeah knows? Right. a little bit i guess and, where I kind but, of like, but like they tackle this with yeah. like a certain amount of real of of okay. realism of right. and there's a certain amount of hey maybe we do want to be in a relationship but not this way we need to get this undone yeah you know i need to we right. need to speak with your Family, etc. Uh, Speak to the in-laws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I guess, okay, that's good to hear because I was going to say, honestly, the thing that kind of puts me off about this premise a little bit, right, is like you're talking about the first part, which is like really, mm-hmm. f- real feels really real, right? The idea of yeah. like an oldest sibling having to like at the crossroads of like mm-hmm. their passion, but also like the like physical realities of like the household they are now responsible for, and yeah. the like realities of like shit, dog. You guess what? You don't get to make your dreams come true because like you know you got mouths to feed, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's a uh, you know uh, it's uh, it's sort of like uh, what, what's her name? It's uh, it's like uh, what was it? Uh, Fuck, uh, uh, Aqua, bl- blonde hair girl, Dorito chip hair, Bochi. Uh, Nijika. <laughs> Nijika, right? It's like Nijika's sister, right? The, the implication mm. there, right? Like, oh, she yeah. used to be a musician, but she had to give it up when their parents died to raise Nijika, right? And right. I, that stuff really resonates with me, right? And then it's like, but you know what would instantly solve a lot of, like, single struggling households? Hmm. A hot, blonde, magical girlfriend. Yes. Uh huh. (laughs) Who's a great artist in her own right. Uh, Yeah, like the wish fulfillment (laughs) side of it seems a little at odds with the generally like realistic tone of the Mm -hmm. premise. It's mostly just like feel good faff, right? Sure. And again, as you say, nothing offensive or wrong with that. You know, it's just, Mm -hmm. uh, I guess you just have to know going in that that's that's kind of all you're going to get from it, right? Right. I just felt I just sort of felt like Sweetness and Lightning had some of this stuff, like the, some of these same themes, and also like cooking stuff. And I like cooking stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I would also argue Sweetness and Lightning was a production which benefited a great deal from the amount that was poured into the anime uh, mm. adaptation, like casting an actual girl, right. like child. Though I, I will child. say, I like the rest of the manga for Sweetness and Lightning is pretty good. Sure, I, okay, I but it's good. Yeah. Like to to me, I think the production. As someone who has not read the manga, mm-hmm. I felt that the production shine, you know, added something to the story that was yeah. already there. I mean, look, we all, you know, if nothing else, sweetness and lightning's long-standing legacy will just be that screen cap of the kid when she's eating the onions or whatever, you know. The, oh yeah, the, the peppers. Her, goes, the peppers, where her face looks like she's like disassociating, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
but uh yeah well hey you know it's hey sometimes it's nice to have a show like that right you know sure. especially i mean also sweetness and lightning was good enough that i'm gonna give the benefit this the benefit sure. of the doubt well, yeah but, totally i don't know that i'll watch much of this but <laughs> i went oh yeah it's that well uh aqua how about you tell us about the last one on this list what what are these what are these <laughs> ladies doing in this pa works anime this time what are these uh, words doing in this order mm-hmm. um, <laughs> now um skip and loafer is uh, an adaptation of an award-winning manga which is no i mean like mm-hmm. i i say this award-winning because like it, it won a fairly prestigious i think it was like the manga tai show award that it won which ah, is like du- of dungeon meshi fabe yes yes <laughs> mm. of uh, golden kamui getting second place two years in a row <laughs> to dungeon meshi fabe uh no so the idea is that um it it's basically it's a very standard like this is not a high concept manga so the idea is that we have a girl from the sticks who, uh-huh. moves, who goes to high school in the big city and she goes to live with the relative and you know mm. she has a bunch of misconceptions about what life in the big city wow. is like and she, she's she's just like a bunch of jokes about how she she's a hick and doesn't understand social norms and... not necessarily it's a bit like that but it's kind of like it's a relatively nice well thought out slice of life shoujo-ish romance. But anyway, enough about the latest Precure show. <laughs> uh, and and it, it hinges very much on, like, the main character, who is, like, this this magnetic kind of like, honest and earnest. Mm-hmm. Like, her whole thing is like, oh, I want to become a I want to become a politician, so I need to be, you know, tough, and I need to be, uh, I need to uh, make it uh, so that I can uh, become student council president so, in my second old, year. Good old country girl. Yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah. The, the kind of person who would be unbelievably insufferable in real life. Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. Like, just, but, yeah. and, and they also sort of, like, poke fun at that in the, right. in the show itself. But it's like, it is like I said, not a high-concept manga. It is a story about, you know, teens in high school acting like relic, like like teens with a bit of humor, a bit of romance, a bit of drama, sure. but it's just generally well done. It is not necessarily in the PA Works wheelhouse, except for that it's like a, you know, the main character is like a go-getter, which you usually have, but it is not spe- the, like, specific... Um, young women in the workplace kind of thing. Like, I, I guess my fear here is that, you know, and I suspect a certain amount of this is still bitterness from how your boy Kong Min played out, but like, <laughs> the, the A-Works have a certain tendency to sort of flatten any show into a PA-Works shape at this point. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And have we I, all forgotten Akiba made war so quickly? Yeah, yeah. That was an original. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I must admit, I had completely forgotten that was a PA work show as well. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, the thing is, it's, it's easy to forget. <laughs> this yeah. also does not really have that PA works style. It more mimics the style of the manga, which is very like sketchy and goofy. Like, right? Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, it for me personally, it's a source of unease. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I, I think that I have been burned by some of those studios recent some of that studios recent productions enough that like while recognizing their undoubted talent you know on a technical and artistic level 
I'm a little wary of things which come with their name on at this point. Well, I from my perspective, I think I think about the biggest PA works fumbles of recent memory, and I don't know. It's all it's it's. Well, I guess no. Kong Ming was an adaptation, so I guess that's not quite true. I was about to say it's all the originals, right? Like it's a Pare mm. Ranman and stuff, but Oof. I I guess um. But Apare Ranman did not necessarily have the the PA works problem, right? It was just a yeah. bad show. Like. Right. Well, so so the word I was getting more at is like, so I don't think any of us ever actually like got around to reading the Kong Ming manga, but uh. like, were the issues with your boy Kong Ming? I guess I guess it's a question we we are not equipped to answer, but it's one I guess we probably should have asked, you know, once upon <laughs> a time. Was it? PA works his fault, or is it the fault of the source material? You know, what I, I think mean? it's or, just a, like I think it's just that the source material is not as goofy as we all would have liked right, right. to be. And so, for like, something uh, like I Skip and the... Loafer, what I'm getting at is like, I, I guess Aqua, you're familiar with the manga, right? Mm-hmm. It's, so, like, if the source material is like solid and not like it doesn't feel like it would be difficult to adapt. It doesn't I guess seem difficult I, to adapt at all, no. Yeah, right. then I don't know... Again, this is not to say, like, oh, PA Works is going to nail it, but more, mm-hmm. it feels like they're... Compared to a Kong Ming, it feels like this has less um, potential points of failure. The thing is, you, you get exactly what you, what you see, right. which is, you know, a, a breezy, you know, teen rom-com kind of thing which is all about the characters and them hanging out and them becoming friends and them being friends and they're going through all sorts of you know stuff together and i like that the manga is relatively it's drama free like it does not i mean not entirely devoid of it but it doesn't fall into the same pitfalls that so many shoujo high school style shows do like this is a this is a manga where the characters have profound reasons steeped in their own insecurities to be catty and that it gets you know when they when it gets resolved they it is because they talk like proper human beings damn and it's not it's not like soap opera like this is yeah i want to say something but it's going to be a spoiler but the thing is like it, it pleasantly avoids melodramatic pitfalls by being, you know, relatively grounded and everyone sort of understands each other and Mm. they're not mean-spirited or, or like, looking for reasons to always assume the Mm -hmm. worst in others, as is so often the case in in stories like that. It's like a nice-hearted, like, ensemble hangout show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think there's ro- there's always room for shows like that in any given season, right? Like Yeah. Like we 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 have we we are we are not wanting for melodrama, you know, between <laughs> between Birdie Wing and Gundam alone, we will be mm-hmm. uh filled to bursting with melodrama. So I think it is nice yeah. to have a show that can work as a release valve and intentionally uh or at least based on what you're saying, Aqua, it seems like it intentionally advertises itself as a like a low maintenance <laughs> right, uh, slice right. of lifestyle show. Right, a show, a shojo, a shojo romance where the love interest is just a guy who's real nice and not an asshole. But his problem mm. is that everyone is only interested in him because he's really nice and attractive, and mm. he sort of you know wonders if he's like. Is superficial kindness and is 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 like damaging his his 
actual social credit. And it's right. just sure, like way more realistic and grounded than the broad romantic cliches. I mean, I I, I can believe handsome make... people have problems too. I don't sympathize <laughs> with them, but I can believe it. I I think. You know, I I think that everything everyone has said is absolutely right. Like there is an important spot for like well written character pieces. God knows we don't get enough of them. You know, right. I think the only thing is obviously I think it's a little hard to get truly excited about a show oh, like absolutely. that. Like, like, yeah. like yeah. and and you know, I think that is partially a failure of my broken brain and the general hype cycle around these things, but. I think that for a show like that, I think the gap between good and you know truly excellent is much harder to surmount. If that's that makes the thing, sense. right? There is, there are, yeah, because there the are floor many is high, shows. but the ceiling, but the ceiling is low. There are many, many shows that exist in that sort of limbo where they're like perfectly fine. They're like the thing is, I've often written this in like reviews of those kinds of shows. Um, Shows like Just Because or shows like... I mean, just uh, to quote an example from this past season, Epon Again. Right. Shows that are just like very competent because this is something anime has just as down. Like very competent, low stakes, just good vibes. Shows about... Sort and a little of bit of solid awkwardness, yeah. and a yeah, little bit of yeah. solid character stuff in there as yeah, well. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like we're we're not da- again. We're not trying to damn with faint praise here, mm-hmm. but it it's difficult to quantify to, like, and, right. and and difficult to like truly um, right to like truly I said, rise I, above. Like yeah, absolutely. You only you you like you have so many of these. Like there's almost one good slice of life show every season but you only get a like south pole girls once every 10 years like <laughs> yeah <laughs> right well it sounds like you know it it sounds like something that's pleasant enough that if mm-hmm. that is your fare mm-hmm. for fans of the genre <laughs> oh god you ruined it it's over <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but no no it, it it sounds pleasant enough yeah as as yeah. we've said you know maybe not my thing but it seems like it's it it is doing its thing and there's nothing wrong with that um I was going to say it's time to do our housekeeping, but I just reviewed my notes and I realized uh, this is a little behind the curtains. I have <laughs> accidentally deleted yeah. an entry from the notes here. Oh, God. Right. What was oh, there? Oh, no. The marginal I will, service. I will quickly oh. bring up the marginal yeah. service, an anime original from Studio 3 Hertz. That, oh, 3 um, Hertz. Yeah. Unfortunately, are... this maybe speaks to the like sad trajectory of a couple yeah. of like anticipated original anime, but the marginal service gives me extreme high card energy. Yeah. Oh. But on the other hand, we are other bound to be interested in anything uh, Studio Three is... Hertz do. Apparently, this is uh, so apparently Psy Games is involved in this. Oh boy, of course oh, I am. <laughs> but uh, yes, the marginal. Oh, you mean service... the publishers of the award-winning uh, Rage of Bahamut Genesis? <laughs> Uh, yes, but the marginal serves just to do real quick. It seems to be like a weirdly construction themed supernatural fight guys anime. I don't uh, know, like everybody's wearing construction helmets. In, in this I'm going artwork. to re- I'm going to read off a few of the main character names here. Okay, you have we the have... page open as well. 
complete gold oh, baby. I, we have Brian Knight Raider, Oak yeah. Dexter, Lyra Candyheart, Zeno Stokes, Robin Timbert, and Cyrus N. Cougar. Dude, I um, fucking love good. when Japan. I love it when anime write white people names. It's the best. Uh, <laughs> these are some Death- oh, Yeah, these are some Death Note names. <laughs> yeah, fucking fucking Brian Knight Raider of the Gung Ho Guns is I think I think Dexter might be even better. Quite. This does have high card energy. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know what I mean, right? Of I mean, but high card only has two characters no, uh, with yeah, funny sorry, names. I, like I pulled that. up the I pulled up the uh, trailer. The yes. Yeah. Like yeah. You, you get what I'm saying though right of like i think once upon a time us specifically the glorio chat would get really excited for weird anime originals like this yeah because... I, I still am i still am excited yeah. for weird anime originals Fair enough. no like i think this. we all are but i think it's that we're we're always like trying to get our next fix of that specific aspect of anime right because we have mm-hmm. our we have our highly anticipated adaptations we have our household names but like i think consistently what always gets us the best are your akudama drives and such right, right? Yeah. like just where did that come your from? anime originals that come out of nowhere I, yeah. I mean, Studio Three Hertz has form with this because with they made anime both, originals that come out of nowhere. Yeah, they made yeah. both Flip Flappers and Princess Principal, both of which were fantastic. Um, and so, you know, like I will, I will watch anything from the creator from the studio that made Flip Flappers. Oh yeah, you so. watched Healer Girls a couple seasons ago. <laughs> did you watch Sword Art Online, Gun Gale, whatever? I did. Oh. I did watch yeah. one episode. <laughs> I did watch that whole show. Uh, <laughs> Look, sometimes you gotta, uh, sometimes you gotta take some yeah. stuff to take yeah. the bills, right? You know, but so you know I, what I mean. Like I, I so, will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess we will see if the weight, the sheer weight of these good names can overcome mm. the the uphill battle it has against it, but... Uh, the curse that knows, is man. gotcha game adjacent anime yeah. original. It's, Look, it's very hard to make something stupid, like, smartly stupid, yeah. right? You yeah. know that I watched Tact Opus Destiny and... <laughs> I was just um, about to say, are you gonna, um, fi- are you gonna try out the Tact Opus Destiny gotcha game, which fuck is finally no. out? Not a chance, <laughs> not in a million not. years. Can't not you roll... They- don't you want to roll for your problematic waifu? Not, I was about to literally say not unless they give us problematic waifu for free. But uh, <laughs> so you heard, you heard me. Uh, I don't even know who's publishing that game, but you heard me. Tacked up as destiny. The gauntlet's been thrown. You get, but you get a problematic waifu for free, but you have to roll for the second shotgun. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh. on that note, I think. Now we're ready to uh, get into the housekeeping and wrap up on this podcast. So, as always, you can check us out at theglorioblog.com, where uh, in a few weeks, I guess, you will see us start to post our, our first look posts for uh, for the upcoming anime season. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at theglorioblog. Uh, we are on, at, on co-host at Glorio. You can subscribe to the podcast itself on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, and YouTube. Goodness, I feel like that list gets longer and longer every time. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yes, you know, like, comment, and subscribe. Leave a review. You know, hey, engagement. It's good for the metrics. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your enemies. And we'll catch you all next time. Love and peace. Peace.